Welcome to Dong Teeny, episode 41. On today's show, Steffi is disturbed by an invitation to a cuddle party. Simone examines hotel remote controls with rubber gloves. And both fantasize about how they'd spend their lives of leisure. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Simone. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Stephanie. How are you doing? I was laughing at my desk really hard. I was LOSing to use the dongtacular vernacular. <laughs> I was laughing out silently because somebody sent me the link to this thing called a cuddle party. And if you go to cuddleparty.com, you will learn that the cuddle party is dot 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 a movement. <laughs> <laughs> a movement. There's a girl in my office who who invited me to a cuddle party and um I felt okay. something that was kind of along the lines of, of rage, maybe. <laughs> being invited to this. Rage. She's like she's she's like a roller derby kind of girl, and um, not my scene at all. But I was like, uh, so I had to look this up, and this is what it says. It says a cuddle party is all about compassion, affection, and touch. It is about touch that is not about sex. So you know that's helpful to have that like right in the first yeah, sentence yeah. on your page. But it um. It talks about uh, what can I what can I expect at a cuddle party? Well, first you can expect a welcome circle and a mini workshop. So it looks like that's where they talk about, you know, where can I touch people? What do I do um, if someone doesn't want to touch me? That sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, so it says, what are the rules? And they have pictures on the site of these people splayed out on the ground, looking really, really happy, <laughs> just in a big pig pile. But um, what are the rules? Pig pile. <laughs> what are the rules? Number one, pajamas stay on the whole time, so that's that's relieving, you know. Yeah. Number two, you don't have to cuddle with anyone you Why don't do you want have to. Why do you have to wear pajamas? You have to wear pajamas, oh. and it also says that you can't wear shorts. Isn't that funny? Yeah. But, I mean, that could be relieving because I could see someone wearing bike shorts or something horrible yeah. that, you know, Will Ferrell type windbreaker shorts or something. Yeah. Um, it says, come get the cuddle assistant or your group leader if there's a concern <laughs> problem or if you need assistance with anything. And it says, tears and laughter are both welcome. Cheers um, or tears? So, I was... Tears. <laughs> Anyway, I was I was just scrolling through this and and shaking in my seat and just how funny and weird it is. It's like, what if no? One of the questions in the FAQs is, what if no one wants to cuddle with me? <laughs> I know. I'd like to think I they would said, want to cuddle that person, but if they stunk or had boils, I, I wouldn't want to cuddle them. I know. I hope that they would be so nice. I can be. There's so much compassion I have. Well, here's my um. This is my favorite question and the frequently asked questions. What if I get turned on? <laughs> ah, yes, good question. 
<laughs> and they go, it happens sometimes. It's perfectly normal when we are close to people, especially if we don't have much chance to enjoy touch that is not about sex. But our agreement is not to act on it. It goes away, really it does. And that reminded me of Christian culture. <laughs> oh. Growing up in the church. Just but, ignoring um, it and, and letting it go Just away. ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. So this girl that invited you, did she want to go sincerely or ironically? She was sincere. Really? Which is probably why I felt felt the rage, the yeah. flash of rage. But wow. yeah, um, so I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Like These poor people, bless their hearts, they, they want to cuddle. Yeah. But, um, I don't know what it is about me that still bugs me. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't bug me. It just makes me a little sad and makes me think I don't want to participate. But if, yeah, if someone needs that, is that like prostitutes for people who just need hugs? Yeah, well, probably, but that's kind of like, that's kind of like a massage too, right? Like if you go get a massage, like, it's not the best thing ever, like, but it's touched from a stranger, right? Yeah, so. and I don't mind being touched by strangers. I'm going to just start getting people touching me now for saying this. No, but like when I would do my acting classes, we do all these breathing exercises and, and to check that we're breathing like deeply enough, my, our, our teacher, any tells everyone that this is going to happen. He's just going to like squeeze sort of just underneath the rib cage on your side just to see that you're breathing that deep, you know? So everyone's warned that this will be done and you can say you don't want to. And I, don't, and I always kind of liked it. Like, there's nothing in it, but I, I just, you know, don't mind being touched like that. You know, it's weird, but I'm yeah. not like getting off on it or anything. But, you know, I don't mind being touched. I like hugging people and, and stuff. But I just don't know if I want to just hug for the sake of hugging people, for, you know, because I need a hug. You know, from someone I don't yeah. really know. I don't know. It just it seems strange to me. But you know, more power to anyone who needs that. So yeah, and it's down on the floor, and everyone's like rolling around on top of each other. So. Yeah, I think part of the problem is I picture everyone in like footsie pajamas, you know, and acting like adult <laughs> babies. I think that's what it is. When I picture a room full of adults in pajamas, it becomes an adult baby situation, and that's I think my problem with it. <laughs> Did I tell you about David's store idea? Because I really wanted feedy pajamas. I'm like, why don't they make those for grown-ups? You know, the kids always had them when they were really little. Yep. I'm like, I really want some of those. He's like, David's like, I'm going to start a franchise. I'm going to start, you know, a store. It's going to have tons of franchises. We'll sell those pajamas and it'll be called Big Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that's a great, great idea. I wouldn't want those pajamas though because I get hot food, as you know. So. I would, I know. Yeah, hot foot sweat, listeners. I'm worse. sure a lot of listeners understand because whenever I talk about it, people say, "Oh yeah, I get that." But it's when you know you you can't wear socks to bed because even if it's cold, your feet just burn up and you have to take your socks off and slip your feet outside of the covers. And in the summertime, my feet burn so much I have to like run them under cold water, and it only helps for a minute. Wow. And I can't sleep because my feet are hot. It's called hot foot. At least that's what I call that it. That shocks me that you get that because you're so cold all the time. I know, I'm cold all the time, but I still get hot foot. In fact, sometimes when I was in Scotland last year and it was cold, I was wearing these thick boots and thick socks and I would get hot foot in the theatre when I was watching comedy and I had to unzip my boots and take my feet out <laughs> in the theatre because the hot foot was making me crazy. <laughs> it is a problem. It is a problem. And Greg refuses to admit that it's a condition, but I call it a condition. <laughs> we argue what about was it that you night. told him? You told him that I do some hot things. <laughs> That's right. So listen, I'm cold a lot. And um, and so I'm always fighting to, to keep the temperature warm. And so when we got a car a couple, two, three years ago with power windows, Greg, we get in the car, Greg just puts the window down, his window and my window. 
And I said, oh, stop that. And I put it up. I said, Stephanie's always doing that. Because whenever I visit, Stephanie cracks her window and mine. And I don't like it. <laughs> and I said, oh, Stephanie's always doing that. And he's like, I thought Stephanie was cold like you. And I said, well, she is, but she's always doing hot things. <laughs> <laughs> So Stephanie really liked that uh, I accused her of doing hot things. <laughs> <sighs> but you don't even like the air vents blowing in your face when you're driving. No, like even when it's hot, like I want the I want the car to be cold in general, but I don't want the cold air from the air conditioning on me. Only like initially when I'm really burning hot, but then after I'm cooled down, okay, we're done with that. Just cool the rest of the car. Thank you. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. Um, now, I wanted to talk about, uh, let's see, it's kind of gross, but Greg sent me an urgent text the other day reporting <laughs> that he was staying at a Best Western and the remote control was in a little sort of you know pyramid-shaped card that uh, it said, uh, the clean remote. That's what it was advertising. Like, oh. Yes. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it says, making your world a clean world clean remote what yeah and the remote is white and you know when you get those remotes that are sort of sealed like they don't have like little spaces that the buttons go into it's like a sealed oh, thing yeah. so it's very easy to clean so because there's not you're gonna get liquid down into the circuit board through the holes that the buttons come up it's all sealed so it's one of those types of remote so um so it says on the back of the card welcome we have added the clean remote to each of our rooms the clean remote has been designed specifically to make it easy to clean and disinfect. This is just another of our many efforts to ensure a more comfortable stay for you and your family. All oh the best, my the management. And so Greg was God. freaking out because he, this is what he said. This is what his text said. Look how Best Western is bravely admitting that their customers are pervo businessmen who leave the remote covered in shit and cum. <laughs> And so then I send a, oh, wow, kind of response. And then he writes back, I think it's crazy that a major hotel brand would blatantly admit that remotes are covered in unmentionable fluids. <laughs> First thing I do when I check into a hotel. It's gross. My mom puts them in like a Ziploc bag. I think that's genius. I jizz on them right away. You, oh, you jizz on them. I thought you took precautions when you jizz, you jizz on your remote. <laughs> Um, and then the final text he said was, I mean, I thought this was strictly info for paranoics like me, but it seeped into the public consciousness. So I guess it's like commonly known that there's, you know, just grossness, cum and shit on remotes. I remember seeing a, an expose on hotel rooms and they were like just testing it all over for, for germs and stuff. And the bedspread and the remote, like everyone's worried about the toilet seat and all that stuff. That stuff always gets clean. It's the bedspread and the remote the are the spread. filthiest fucking things ever. I mean, these guys are like using the remote while they're going to the porn channel. Do you think they care about where their jizz I went? Oh, oh, no. no. So thank you, Best Western, for acknowledging the jizz on your remote control. <laughs> Donkini, thanks. My you. friend um, Jacob Hoffman was tweeting, like he was on tour a few months ago and, and he was being so funny because I checked into some like hotel room that he was so grossed out by. He goes, he tweeted, right now I'm sitting on my suitcase because that's the only thing in this room that I can be sure is only covered with my semen and no one else. <laughs> I like that he's sure that it was his semen, that there was his semen on it. That's so amazing. We have a call from Listener Tasty following on from, we were talking about 
sex that we had witnessed or not witnessed or overheard, and you had never heard anybody have no. sex ever in your whole life, which astounds no. me. So anyway, listen to Tasty. Had a story about that. This is Big Tasty again. You guys just got done listening to the point you're talking about people, seeing people doing it. I saw people doing it once. I was riding in a moving van with my wife and a friend. Well, not a moving van, but my father-in-law's, like, van for moving old people. But we were moving some furniture, driving down the 101. And by the Havenhurst exit, I just, like, casually looked over to the right of me, and there was was a cow naked, completely naked, with two dudes doing something where they were both getting gratified. And then there was a guy with a camera, and I was just like, look, they're filming a porno. And they were filming a porno at the Havenhurst exit on the 101, just like right there. And it was like two very muscular men and like the classic like blonde woman. They were doing it. And I saw people doing it right by the freeway. I don't think anybody got in trouble for that either. So I like how Tasty trailed off at the end. (laughs) It adds to the drama of something that's already extremely extremely dramatic i know i can't believe that was just on the side of the road because he was saying you know he looked to his right or whatever and saw the people i was like oh like in a van or you know <laughs> no <laughs> on the side of the freeway yeah so amazing. i would like so to see something seriously oh i remembered something i forgot to mention last time we talked about it we were driving along and we saw two guys standing on a street corner and one guy was standing up and the other guy was bent over, like standing up. So he was <gasps> bent at the hips, giving the other guy a blowjob. No, 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 yes, no, yes, no, no, yes. no. We saw Where? it. This is in Silver Lake. And then we, we saw it we were like, oh my God, oh my God. So we like did a U-turn and went back around. And when we came back around, the bus had come and both of them got on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. So we didn't wow. see any cock, but that's what was going on. So that was awesome. I want them to please have been like, have been total silver like hipsters and not homeless psychotic people. Yeah. <laughs> that would be just the best part of that story. If I, if I could have that story be anyway. Yes. <laughs> so I have a question, Simone. Yes. This is kind of um, a reflective, deep reflective question, but I was just thinking today what I would do if I could do anything with my day and I know we've talked about this before like being kept women (laughs) (laughs) we want to just be professional socialite lounging around lazy lazy asses who get to fly wherever they want whenever they want yes but what because I was thinking what I would do is I would actually want to go back to school which I can't believe but I I would and um I was wondering, yeah, that's so crazy. I would want to go get my MDiv, like a Master's of Divinity, and um, at the Seattle School of Psychology and Theology. Mm. Um, I know that's it, so strange to me right now. So I'll have to see in a year if I still would want to do that. But um, that's honestly what I would do if I didn't have to work. But I was going to ask you, what would you want to do? Gosh, well, it's a difficult question because I mean, if I didn't have to work, so you know, this means I've got enough money, I, I can do whatever I like, right? Um, I mean, part of me really does want to go back to school as well, but the reason I didn't go to school in the first place, you know, I went to college for a couple of months, and I just, you know, I wasn't interested. I hated being in high school. It's like, why am I still doing right. this? I hated this. So I just stopped. Right. And I don't think the pressure is on in Australia as much to, you got to go to college. You know, it's, it's not really like that. So you're just like, oh, okay, I can take it or leave it. And I decided to leave it. And, and ever since, I mean, there's things I've wanted to do since. I've wanted to, I really, really wanted to be a teacher. 
a long time ago. Wow. So, and I still w- would like to, but I, I'm afraid that I don't have the commitment required to to, to pursue that. <laughs> that I'm like, I'll be all gung ho now, and then you know, I'll be like, uh, yeah, I just want to, I just want to play Angry Birds, and that's what I'll spend my evenings <laughs> doing, which is what I spend them doing a lot since Angry Birds Space came out. Anyway, I try and limit myself to one or two levels a day. That's how I've I've kind of got through this um, much better, but. So it's hard. So it's on one hand, I would like to do that. I would like to. I think if I didn't have to need the money, then I wouldn't be worried about wasting the money. I could just go and leisurely take right. classes that interested me, not be worried so much about about you know make getting my money's worth and getting all my credits and graduating. Because there's a lot of you know interesting classes like anthropology classes and stuff that I would really like to take. So I think I would probably do something like that. And um, yeah, I think that that is something I would like to do. But then I, ideally, I'd like to I'd like to write more because I feel like I have trouble mm-hmm. fitting it into the time. And we're talking about that today, just finding time mm-hmm. to do the things that we are good for us. And I think you know, writing is good for both of us. And I don't make enough time to do that. So I think I would do that. I think I'll probably no. I, for, first I want to write more, and and then probably take some classes and stuff as well. And there'd also be a lot of um, buying vintage clothing and stuff like that and a lot of drinking of cocktails definitely a lot of drinking of cocktails so (laughs) I don't know how much I'm going to get of anything else done when I'm doing that but that that would be the dream so yeah it's tough though it's just so So not on the horizon that it's it's almost hard to get your head because then you can almost start saying anything you know it's it's where do I draw the line how realistic do I make this dream (laughs) I know right but what if something happened and you're able to just not work anymore. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't know. i definitely move and buy... I, I would create... This is you know what I would do. I would create my mid-century dream house. Yes. I was that just thinking that. Do. That is what I would... That would I be would, my first focus of attention. Would be getting a new house. It's going to be my mid-century dream house. And I would work on decorating that for months until it was perfect. Yes. Me too. I I'm picturing the living like the living room in my head is the sunken living room that's yes. just one wall of windows. Yes. I, sunken like living sunken room, living rooms sure. are my favorite thing in the world. Yes. Like that's my favorite. And Don Draper has one in this season of Mad Men. He does. <gasps> I was so jealous that of that. Fucking asshole. The Brady Bunch had it. Yes. Um, why why does something else? like that go away when it's so neat? I don't understand I know. it. So. Yeah, th- I think from there they they invented the split level house, which is like a horrible. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> a horrible assault on architecture and society. Yeah. Well, so I think that's my answer. I like it. Yeah. Be a bit indulgent and then and then get down to business and, and, and better myself after I've bettered my house <laughs> <laughs> and my wardrobe <laughs> and worsened my liver. <laughs> <laughs> boy okay yeah so last week um i was reading another review for holy rollers the mm-hmm. documentary about the christian card counting that features uh, the lovely david drury and this one review that i read um he said he said i, I just noted this quote down uh, he said, my specific point is that I think this movie diminishes what it means to be a Christian in a very meaningful way. One of the subjects someplace says that they intentionally live in a, in a gray area to make people think or to challenge what people think they're doing. Astonishingly, again, that's not how, not at all how the Bible describes the Christian life. 
Jesus himself says that you all, meaning you disciples, you Christians, are to be a city on a hill or the salt of the earth, and what good is salt that has lost its saltiness? And so he's going on talking about that, you know, people, uh, and then Brian, the director, responds in the comments and says, well, he thinks that there is, you know, Christian fellowship going on, and the guy saying, I don't think people hanging around drinking beer is, is Christian fellowship, and that's what that, that quote was referring to. So I guess all this, what this was making me think, and this goes into to questioning and, and so forth, this kind of stuff that you talk about with uh, with stuff Christian culture likes, you know, when, when somebody's, you know, you've sort of I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you're not at all trying to say it's this way, it's definitely this way, but when somebody mm-hmm. sort of comes at it with that, which is, is, is contrary to, I know, the way mm-hmm. you see it, like, how do you, how do you, how do you, what's your response to that? Like I used to, I used to think the way that guy thinks. Yep. So that's familiar to me. Yeah. Um, we're like, no, Jesus said this, and but wait, he also said all this other stuff. Hmm. What do you do with that? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, when I heard that guy say that about the gray in the movie, I felt like that's kind of what he was he was talking about, like like trying not to be, you know, say I've got it completely figured out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I I want to say that like. The Christianity that that the guys in that movie endorse aren't it doesn't really jive with me. Like they, um, they're very Christian culture, most uh-huh. of them. Yeah. So that you know that's, I got that. you know, obviously there that's was some not my scene. <laughs> oh, all the goatees, the full patches, affliction. Uh, yeah, there was pipe smoking. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like that's. That's the constant um, chatter in the Christian circles. Like, what about this? What about this? And, yeah. And I like I like it when it's invitational. Like when someone you know wants to have a conversation about it and they're curious about what you know. Why do you feel that that way? Or you know. But in those you know internet forums and reviews like that, it's so funny because it's it's just it quickly gets so accusatory and yeah. Um and re- very non-Christian. <laughs> yeah. I just see Jesus going, uh, keep, leave me out of this. This is <laughs> yeah. not where I'm going. Like, that's yeah. just kind of the picture I get. Yeah, lately, I would definitely so. hope that, that, that that's what you think. But but I guess what the way this guy presented it, I mean, it sounded very reasonable. Mm-hmm. He wasn't sounding like a fucking mm-hmm. annoying nut or anything. But, and mm-hmm. obviously your, your perspective is much more preferable to somebody like me. <laughs> but, um, but it did make me think, you know, and you seem pretty sure that their version is, is you know, very much misinterpreted but how do you know that 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 isn't correct and you're completely wrong do you think about that yeah yeah because yeah because oh, i don't know yeah because then you're like totally going to hell aren't you <laughs> no 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 like well i don't i don't think hell exists no, like in yeah. any fiery no, no, kind no, of no, sense or yeah 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 i was just thinking um but that yeah that's the whole thing is like well what if they are right what what if you know i'm wrong like that's what i think the big difficulty is in this and part of you still wonder and... if the whole version of Christian culture you left behind is like, is any part of you think that could be totally right? And I've t- I'm totally barking up the wrong, uh, the wrong key. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily bother me as much because I don't feel that there's a lot, there's love in Christian culture. Right. I feel like it operates on a system of fear. And right. I'm like, okay, if God, if there is a God and if he's based on fear, I don't want to have anything to do with that. So, um, right. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll burn in fiery hell for that. I don't, you know. Yeah. Um, but yes, but I do feel. I, what resonates with me is that God is not about that. If God is real, so I I don't 
spend a lot of time being worried that Christian culture is the way to go. Right, right. But, you know, I can't, you know how I am? I'm like, I can't completely rule that out because we're all talking about abstract stuff here and um, yeah. like kind of philosophical stuff. So um, I, I wonder about all the other kinds of, of ways to look at God and, you know, the Orthodox views and Judaism. And, you know, I have friends that are in the New Age stuff and they, they read these books that are so interesting and... Um, it's, you know, just all these different ways to come at it. And I'm like, which one is right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, yeah, that's another reason why um, it felt good to And don't forget my question from, from the last episode. What if none of them are right? What if none of them are right? Yes. I know, right? That's yes. another very distinct possibility. Yes. So. so. Um, yeah, so I always want to be able to, to have that in the, you know right very present alongside with with all these questions you know you can't ask any genuine questions without having that possibility in your mind yeah think, so. and the more questions people can ask the less afraid they seem because because the, yeah. truth, the truth is very scary it can be it can be great you don't know what it's going to be because that's why you're asking because yep. you don't know something so yeah yeah, yeah the more yeah. you can ask the you know it's it, it is brave to ask so don't be a pussy yeah. ask some questions ask some questions guys yeah so cool. Yeah, that's what the, the, a lot of these reviews. You know, you just sort of seeing a different side to like people, like obviously coming from Christian culture and sounding a lot more reasonable than than sometimes we, we think they are. So that's why you know, mm -hmm. just kind of throwing out. You know, oh, it seems kind of yeah. reasonable, but still at odds with what you say. So that's why I kind of wanted to ask you about that. So thank yeah. you for your answer. Totally. Thank you for your question. No problem. <laughs> Next on the oh, line, we have. <laughs> My cow, the escaping cow. Well, I guess last week in New Jersey, this cow escaped from the slaughterhouse, and and it just it just bolted and it ran and and it and it, it crossed a river, it like swam through a river, and all these people saw and they were like cheering it on, it like go the cow. They were cheering on the cow. Yeah, they were cheering on the cow. And anyway, and then like the, the animal control came and the the police were involved and they were trying to you know save the cow and you know. They, they tranquilized it just to just to put it to sleep because obviously it was freaking out and anyway and then it, it was it was you know sleeping like a baby and then and then uh, they all decided including the guy from the slaughterhouse agreed that the the cow deserved to live so it got it got adopted <laughs> by a farm sanctuary and it's gonna live out its life and it made me so happy but but yeah but I was just curious like all these people are cheering on the cow it's like do you realize that if the cow wow. didn't escape that may have been your burger in the next month you know exactly I just it's a real disconnect I'm not I'm not you know and on first my first reaction is a vegetarian sure. is like you assholes you would have eaten that but yeah. you know, <laughs> there's a lot of disconnect with you know people are always doing little things that they don't realize how they're involved in it where if they thought about it they would be against it but you know all of us end up buying clothes that were probably made by child labor and stuff like that without realizing it you know so it's it's I guess it's yeah. that way for meat for a lot of people but I wonder if those people like on the day that you you saw this cow escape for its life. If those people would have eaten a hamburger that day, do you think you could have eaten a hamburger the day I, that uh, you saw that and cheered on the cow? Because I imagine you would have cheered on the I cow. I have no idea because that story is so emotional for me. I know. Like, I started choking like, up at work. I was reading this at work. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, I'm gonna start crying at work. And if anyone asks why, I'm gonna be because because a cow escaped <laughs> slaughter. <laughs> it just makes me so sad. Just think of its desperate thing. Freaking out, realizing what's gonna happen to it, so it just busted the fuck out of there and it survived. It just makes me so happy. <laughs> swam through a river. I had no idea cows could swim. I know. Well, it's I like guess that cow, like you find extra strength when you 
about to fucking die. So I'm so amazed and impressed with it. So. It's interesting that he realized what was going to happen to him. I wonder how many of them actually realize what's going on. They smell the right fucking the death. They know it's coming. Oh. Yeah, they try and do all this stuff so that they don't see it coming. Oh, they like bolt them in the back of the neck, um, and that's oh. yeah, that's how they kill them. So they, they, that's supposedly the humane way they're supposed to do it. But they oh, they they freak out when they get near it because they know what's coming. They can sense it. It's very so anyway, but good on you, Cal. That Cal You're a hero. fought for his immunity. He did. I'm so glad he'll be living out his life. And I know the good people came and, and, and took him. So I know it wasn't just yeah. a bunch of lip service by people who didn't give a shit. So. Oh. Yay. But yeah, but there's, you're right, though, about cognitive dissonance being in place. Like, it's firmly in place. Yeah. <laughs> for for the, those people, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Burger eaters. Yeah. Shit. Those people going to just least not eat for like a couple of days afterwards I would, I would be happy with that it's like that's sort of making a connection yeah. and, and saying okay this just happened I'm gonna leave the cows alone right but you know. leave the cow oh can we please be playing for all the cows underneath <gasps> the full story totally <laughs> brilliant I love that song so much that might be my favorite Foo Fighters song it's definitely one of mine fantastic So I, I had a, a whack job story that I saved since last week. A naked woman questioned at Denver International Airport. <laughs> a woman naked? caught smoking in a non-smoking area of Denver International Airport on Tuesday responded by putting out her cigarette and taking off her clothes. <laughs> what? Around 8.45 a.m. after being asked to extinguish her cigarette, the woman stripped naked in the B concourse. <laughs> The woman told officers that she'd had no sleep the night before, Raquel Lopez, spokesperson for the Denver Police Department, told MSNBC.com. The woman was taken in for a medical evaluation. No one was arrested, no one was hurt, and no one filed. No report was filed, Lopez says. Police and paramedics responded that the woman was ultimately transported to a local hospital. (laughs) Okay, so was she hot or was she old and saggy? It doesn't say. It doesn't specify those details. Of course it doesn't. Yes. Oh, this, is the, this is the best line, the closing of the thing. There are four smoking lounges at the airport, including two aviators club smoking lounge locations, but there is no clothing optional area. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and there are no plans to create one anytime soon. I think that was the killer, the killer line. Clothing optional. <laughs> okay. Those smoking areas are so sad in airports. Like it, they're always like the ones I've seen are like glassed in, like plexiglass. Yes. And then it's just a cloud. It's like all these people like packed in. Yeah, and they like look in miserable. A, like in a... I've been in one twice in, in really? the Philippines. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just I was like, oh, I hate it. I didn't even finish the cigarette because I hated being in there so much. It's not like oh, smoking yeah. normally, like just outside or you know any other place. It's just really that makes me not want to smoke yeah i don't yeah. think i could go in there but um our friend paul muma used to throw these amazing parties this is back before we had kids but he lived in this brownstone on capitol hill here in seattle and he would throw these parties that were straight out of breakfast at tiffany's you know that scene where oh, that yes, woman's yes. crying in the mirror you know like oh god he, he had best parties he made everyone dress up people in seattle don't like to dress up but <laughs> it was so great because he would make everyone do it and um yeah, so anyway, I remember like leaving one of his parties like four in the morning and turning around and looking back up at his, his window and it was just a cloud of smoke. Just the whole thing was the most of the window was smoke all the way up to the ceiling. Then you see like people's bottom halves like walking around. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that was fun. Those parties. I don't think we're even allowed to smoke indoors anymore. 
That makes me feel old saying that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, so yesterday, this is a reading from the heart. This is um, a new story that delighted me when it came out. It's been it's been like five years. So I, I Googled it yesterday because I was just laughing thinking about it. I don't know what made me remember it, but um, this is how the news story went. A Manhattan hedge fund manager is suing a health club and a stockbroker who slammed him off a stationary bike and into a wall for yelling, you go girl during spin class. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Sugarman's so lawsuit contends it. he did didn't he he goes it says his lawsuit contends that he was a victim of Christopher Carter's quote spin rage when he was tossed into a wall following an August 2007 confrontation at an Upper East Side Equinox a Manhattan jury last week acquitted Carter of assaulting Sugarman, who set off the stockbroker by grunting loudly and hollering, you go girl, to psych him up, self, psych himself up. <laughs> <laughs> it seeks an unspecified amount of money for his alleged back and neck injuries. Wow. <laughs> Such a good visual. Like, how many, I think that he was probably saying it, like, several times. Yeah, it sounds like he was guy. bullying the guy. guy. <laughs> you go girl. You go, girl! <laughs> just over... I mean, it's bad enough once. I think he was saying it over and over again in just the most mocking tone. Oh, <laughs> hilarious. Uh, it sounds like everyone involved story. is a dick, though. <laughs> <laughs> Including everyone in that spin class. I mean, who takes spin classes? Oh, I've never... I will never. My leg... I think it's mainly because my thighs really hurt from cycling. So I, I really? kind of can't... Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dawn wants me to go to Zumba with her. I've been to Zumba. It's fun. Have you really? Yeah. She says that it's so much fun. It she is. says that the movements are really perverted and really like instinctual. She's like, I was surprised how good I was at it. Yeah. I'm pretty okay. I mean, nobody's even has to be that great at it as long as the moves don't get too complicated. But I know there's a couple where the little routine that you keep doing, I just can't get it. Or I get it right at the end and then the song is over. And so that happens sometimes but mostly I think it's yeah it's pretty workable you can just sort of, well, sometimes I can't quite do the move so I just sort of do something like it so that I'm moving in the general direction with the people right so because it's such a big class of you know people with two left feet you know you don't really have to feel self-conscious about it because everyone's trying so hard to do it right so so you go girl <laughs> gosh saying that would be perfectly acceptable in Richard Simmons aerobics class totally so, is that everything? I believe that's everything. Okay, time to wrap it up. Listener, we love you. We want you to please call the Dong line. 323-301-DONG. Um, go to dongkini.com to see pictures of everything we're talking about. Disemboweled cows. Naked no! smoking ladies at airports. <laughs> <laughs> Obnoxious Christians asking, what about being a city on the hill for Jesus? <laughs> All the visuals are at dongtini.com. So, thank you so much for listening. We love you. And until next week, goodbye, Simone. Bye, Stephanie. All right, now, I'm real fast. Let me tell you what I'm thinking. This shall come to pass. My name is Geek. I put them on as a shocker. Man, I love these blue blockers. Everything is clear. They block out the sun. Oh, yeah, I got to get me some. Everything is groovy now. No bull in my speech. This is what I do up and down Venice Beach. My name is Geek. I'm more than a hip hopper. And I'll be cheeky. My blue blockers. Yeah. Now, what I mean? Everything is groovy. Do you know what I mean? I float. 
like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Yep, these knockers all cave with me. Yeah, see? It's the fact. My blockers, yeah, they go with my hat. What more can I say? Oh, they are so nice. These are the words that I like are too spice. Everything is straight now, I must speak. Blue blockers, yep, are for a doctor geek. So there you have it, folks, out there in TV land. Get you some glasses, they're sweeping the land. Remember what I said, now I'm a hip hopper, yeah. Go get you some blue blockers. Mm. Nah, yep, it's sweet. I'll see you later. I gotta make some money on the beach.